Welcome to Yelling at Birds. I'm Matt. You're you. I like that. Let's do this. Um, a few days ago, I got to talk to Brian Cherry, a poet and songwriter out of Milwaukee. Um, I met Brian through Kelly Sexton, uh, who I interviewed previously. I uh, had a really good time talking to him. He, you know, he talked about uh, inspiration for his poetry, his life, um, some of his life philosophies, and um, gleaning gleaning meaning, gleaning a deeper meaning out of seemingly small moments and seemingly insignificant moments. So had a really good time talking to him. He has what I have. I'm sure he has more, but um, what I have, uh, two collections of his, Funeral Journey and uh, Ruins, Ruminations, and Rituals that are out now. He's working on some more, um, so I'm excited to see that. And um, you can check out his work at uh, briancherry.com, his website. Of course, it's a website. It's a .com. Um, but it's bryancherry.com. If you go to bryoncherry.com, you will go to the wrong place. Um, and sometimes, due to my natural, being a natural introvert, um, when I start talking to people, occasionally I get sweaty. And this was one of those times. So that was kind of fun. It worked itself out, um, <laughs> but it was distracting. Um, anyway, that's all I have. Thank you very much for being here and enjoy the interview. Where's my hat? Um, I almost forgot. Today's episode is brought to you by Sunny's Pizzeria. Uh, go to sunnyspizzeria.com to check out their menu. They just came out with, I believe, five, five new pies. That's what, they, that's what you call them. Um, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Sunny's Pizzeria. They're still doing um, curbside takeout, um, curbside carryout, uh, just over concern for their guests and their staff. Um, but awesome pizza, um, great people. Um, and if you follow them on Facebook, I'm pretty sure there's a good chance that you can see what the pizza boys are up to. I'm going to put their number right there, right there. Call them today, check them out, go on Facebook, check them out, stalk them, never leave them alone. Sunny's Pizzeria. And that's it. Bye. Have you here? I yeah, like the, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I like the glasses. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Any story kind behind those? I'm addicted to sunglasses. So. What's that? Kind of addicted to sunglasses. So. Nice, nice. Any story behind those ones? These I get, I believe, in New York City, actually. Um, I was out there for a reading, actually, and just saw these, and I was like, yeah, they're coming home with me, so. Absolutely. Yeah. You got the hat, too? Yeah. Nice. All right, well, um, we should just BS for a little bit, and that ends up being the beginning of the interview. Okay. <laughs> Usually. Well, I, I appreciate you being here with me. Um, happy the, that, uh, Kelly, you know, introduced me to you and, and your work. Um, oh, yeah. so she was nice enough after our interview to kind of, well, she was pretty much, uh, couldn't stop talking about like you and your work and she's excited. Um, I think you just, uh, uh, runs ruminations and, uh, rituals, yep. um, was I think what you just put out. Um, yep, it's the most recent release. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, so I'm. I know I sent you a few things, but I'm about maybe over a third of the way through. Sure. Because there's a lot of, um, each poem, I kind of want to like get through it and then get through it again 
and then yeah. like, look at it and think about it and then get through it again, which I really uh, I think is awesome. Um, I appreciate that. So I guess uh, starting out, why don't you just kind of tell me a little, about, a little bit about yourself? Uh, so yeah, I'm Brian Cherry. I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, you know, great city on a great lake, I like to say. Um, we, I grew up kind of in like the central city, inner city of Milwaukee. Um, okay. With big family, I'm the oldest of eight children. Really? Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and uh, kind of started writing at a pretty early age, and yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm coming from. Okay. Um, what kind of got you started writing? Um, well, my mother is a writer as well, so like, I think you know, just being at home, she was at at home with us as when I was young, so just kind of emulating what she was doing or trying to do. And, you know, I'd always find like little scraps of paper where she had stuff written on it. So I guess I kind of started doing that, you know. Sure. So what was that? Uh, I suppose she probably had to be home with all those kids. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. So what was that? What was that like? Uh, you know, it was always interesting. You know, it's uh, never, never a dull moment with, with all those children running around and, you know, like I said, my mom was at home. My father worked a ton to, you know, enable us to be living and stuff like that. So um, I kind of got to see the best of both worlds, got to see my mom's creativity kind of flourish and then see my father's kind of hard work and perseverance that he has and, you know, his job that he did every day. Sure. What did he do? Uh, he's a truck driver, actually. So okay, and it's funny he's been in the same job since he was like seventeen or something like that. So wow, just you know, he's a very hard worker, and that's something that I was raised around. So nice. Okay, did you have? Um... Well, that's the one question I always like to ask people. So did you, with all those kids, did you have a favorite meal when you were growing up? You know, I was thinking about that. Like, I, I think for me, we'd have to go back to like macaroni and cheese or something like that. Um, my mom gets special for like special occasions and stuff like that. Big family get togethers. Um, actually, both of my parents' families uh, moved to Wisconsin, to Milwaukee from the South, like when they were really young children in the 60s. So a lot of the Southern cooking stuff is kind of hits the spot with me. Sure. What kind of uh, memories does that bring up? Um, oh, sorry. I think it just brings up a lot of like togetherness, laughing, uh, just warmth, I would say, is, is what it brings up. Um, because it's connected to a lot of like different holidays that we might have had and sure. seeing the extended family and just everybody's just relaxing, having a good time. Um, just kind of a loose atmosphere. So. Mm -hmm. so did you have, I mean, a lot of aunts and uncles too? Yeah, I have a pretty fair amount. <laughs> <laughs> It's big family on both sides, pretty much. So. Nice. Yeah. Is everybody kind of still in the in the area in Milwaukee? 
uh, extended family is kind of scattered, but my uh, my uh, immediate family is pretty much in the area still in Milwaukee, Milwaukee area, which is nice. I have one sister who is down in Nashville. She's a pediatrician down there, so okay. she kind of flew the coop, but she's <laughs> Well, sure. Had to get back down to the South. Right. <laughs> there you go. Um, so on top of the writing, uh, is what, it, what are you up to these days? Um, well, you know, I'm a musician, so I do a lot of like songwriting and uh, in when it's not a pandemic, you know, playing music out for people and stuff like sure. that, uh, which is something that is one of my passions. Um, I also just took up like some visual art because I thought, you know, maybe it'd be good to be bad at something, you know, like really, yeah. <laughs> and I'm really bad at it. So it's a, it's a good time though. It's fun. Yeah. What do you like doing? Um, I'm drawing, I'm uh, getting into painting a little bit. Uh, okay. Just very rudimentary stuff right now, but it's, it's just something to do. And it's, I think it, opens my eyes up in a different way with the poetry and the music stuff too, because you're looking at the world in a different detailed way than sometimes you're looking at it when you're writing, or just writing a song. Sure. Do you feel like that's kind of opened up like new avenues of creativity for you? I think so. I think um, I'm big on, on trying to do something creative every day. Okay. I think just having that avenue has, opened me up because it's uh when I when I do go back to writing I feel like oh I can I can key in on this little detail that I might have missed before but it's something that was really important when I was trying to draw something because I what I've been trying to do is just take a lot of pictures with my phone and just try and sketch those pictures so um just capturing a moment which is what I want to do in essence with the poetry and stuff too yeah at least that's yeah that's what it's um when i was going through uh your latest your latest book you know that's mm -hmm. kind of what it seemed like like you had a day and then you'd read about it yeah. um or you just noticed one little thing and then you would just kind of expand on that a little bit and i thought that was really uh, obviously that's the idea you know yeah. you have an idea you have a certain concept and you just kind of express it in your own way um and you mentioned so you you do that and then you're a songwriter as well um, mm -hmm. I guess why don't you talk about the difference in those two forms of expression because I think you know I was I was one and I'm sure a lot of other people are too that see it kind of as the same thing mm -hmm. um, but I'm sure it's not what are what are kind of the differences that you see yeah it's funny the first thing a lot of people ask me is like uh, how do they bleed into each other or how, and a lot of times they don't uh, explicitly bleed into one another. Um, songwriting for me is something where I'm not the most technically advanced person playing a guitar, um, but when inspiration strikes, I just like to let it spill. And like a lot of times my best songs are the ones that come out right away. Sure. Um, with the poetry, um, it has aspects of that, but tends to be a, more of a refinement process to it. Um, like I'll just, a lot of times I'll just write stuff on my 
notepad on my phone and like constantly just going back in and taking out a word here, what would fit better here. And um, I just think that the, the songwriting for me is more of like a lightning strike than the poetry is. Uh, the poetry, uh, because of, I think, the way that I came to poetry, I think that I was able to kind of make my own distinct style. I didn't like go to school or anything for poetry or anything like that. So it just allows me to just sit back with it and live with it and see if it's really the best way to craft the words to get out whatever I'm trying to say. And sometimes, to tell you the truth, I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say. It just <laughs> later on, it kind of comes back and I'm like, oh, that's what I was talking about. That's what I was know stumbling through at that time sure do you have um i suppose did you save everything from when you started like when you're younger like do you have a bunch of books just like filled up <laughs> uh no i i like i'm a big believer in uh what's the bob dylan line you know she's an artist she don't look back you know and like sure. I keep moving forward with a lot of stuff and that's why um, having these books published last year was really helpful because it was something concrete where I could just say, okay, those poems are done. They're actually <laughs> thing and now I can move on to other things, you know? So I don't, right. you know, I'll still find scraps here and there from like 10 years ago or something like that, but I don't, I don't have like a collection that I'm holding on to. Okay. Mm -hmm. I get that too. Like once it's out, it's out like and you're done with it and you're yeah you know, the next thing yeah because i mean in a way you could work on something forever one piece the rest of your life and you know never get it to a point where you're feeling like this is exactly what i want to present to the world so at some point you just have to let go like mm -hmm. some i think some of that is like the philosophy that i get into of like impermanence and you know we're only here for a short time let it go and move on you know yeah yeah um so that kind of brings me to well the first book that i went through was funeral journey mm -hmm. um is that what that's kind of about you know we're we're only here for a short time yep that's exactly and um that the title comes from a poem in the in the book and I remember where I was exactly when that line came out, you know, and um I used to host this uh it was like a curated mic, poetry mic at this place called the Jazz Estate in Milwaukee. Great place. Um but it was poetry and jazz night. So there would be a pianist uh playing behind yeah. all the books that I would pick to read. And so I was outside after that it happened and um that line just came to me you know about a funeral journey and just got me thinking like yeah we are all on a, a funeral journey our own individual funeral journey and what does that mean like to to be aware of that effect um how does that change how you live on a day-to-day -day basis so. yeah do you feel like um I mean, because I think we see people that don't probably don't think about that a whole lot or sure. kind of don't really want to think about it. But 
you know, what does that do for a person to just kind of really embrace that, that, that feeling? Well, you know, obviously there's a, there's a huge fear of death that permeates our culture and our society. Um, but for me, like, I've always been one to, to think about death and think about what it means and what my place is in this um, kind of everlasting thing that's been happening, you know. Mm -hmm. um, it's allowed me to be more free, actually. Um, right. of, whereas I think a lot of people think if they think about death, it's gonna constrict them because the fear of it is gonna just constrict everything that they're doing. But it's actually made me a lot more free because it's, saying I know that my time and beyond that I know that someday just for an example in 4.5 billion years or whatever the sun is going to implode on itself and wipe out any existence that humans ever had so really nothing that we're doing matters in the way that we think it matters so much you know so it's it's kind of freeing to say now once you see that you can you can really open up and live your life to do the things that bring you joy and help others find their joy. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think on the on the surface, people might think that that's like a depressing realization to get to. That you know, there's no. I mean, maybe there's no inherent meaning or the the stuff like you said. It doesn't matter the way we think it does. But um, I think the goal for everybody is to get to that realization as fast as possible because you can just do whatever, you know, whatever makes you happy. As long as you're not hurting somebody, you know. Exactly. Start doing that now. Yeah, that's, you can do it immediately. Like it mm -hmm. changes everything. It's like uh, the realization that this present moment is all that we have, you know. Um, the interaction between you and I right now is the results of so many different events happening <laughs> in span of history, time and space. and here we are doing it and it's this what we should be focused on is what's happening right now you know and that's the beautiful thing is even if you do it's obviously you're not always going to be able to say okay i'm right in the present i'm feeling good right but you can always come back to that and uh -huh. it's always there it's kind of an anchor you know so. yeah absolutely um well yeah now like i get that when i when I just started interviewing people is um, like the, the nerves of kind of, you know, you and I, we've not spoken face to face before. Yeah. And um, you know, while you're, while you're talking, trying not to think about, okay, how am I going to answer or how am I going to ask them the next thing? That's mm -hmm. tough. And I know if I, if the roles were reversed, it would be the same thing, but flip because I would be thinking like, how am I going to answer this question right now? Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> It's interesting. It's a it's a dance, and I think, but I think the main thing, though, more so than even always being in the present moment, is being aware of what of that being your goal. You know, that awareness is what allows you to step back and say, um, well, for instance, like I recently the past fall got into meditation, and I always had tried to get into meditation for the mm -hmm. longest, and. I heard something that somebody said to me and they were like, you know, it's not that you have to let all the thoughts drain from your mind when you're meditating. It's that you see the thoughts come 
you're aware of them and you just let them go where they go and just say, you can even say, well, who's that that's aware that, that thought is there? And then it's kind of like an onion that you're peeling back. That's the fun part of it though, because you can keep going and tie yourself in, into a knot and then, yep. okay, let's, Let's stop right yeah. there. That's probably enough yeah. for today. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, in the dance, so I wrote, I wrote a note down when I was reading Funeral, Funeral Journey too. Um, life is a praise dance. Sure. What, is, what does that mean? What it's do you think that means? Living. Like, I, I think it's like, you know, I, I believe that, you know, so depending on what you believe or whatever, if you believe in the Big Bang or you believe in God or some supernatural thing or whatever, um, to me, it's all kind of pointing to the same thing, that everything that existed was in this one, in the case of the Big Bang, small point that floated into everything that we see now, or there was a supernatural being that had everything and created everything out of that. To me, it just seems like, you know, we're all one thing kind of expressing ourselves in a lot of different ways. And it's a dance, it's a, it's a ecstatic dance to meet other people and try and bring your, put forth your best self to them and see the best in them, even when it's a difficult situation. Um, I think, you know, I've had a lot of, a lot of, jobs that I thought were crappy during the daytime, you know, mm-hmm. and looking back on them, I can see that they've taught me a lot about interacting with people and seeing that there's things going on that I can't see, obviously. Mm-hmm. So at a, I've got to dance with them and present the best that I can to them, my best self, so that they can maybe present their best self, whatever that may be possible, whatever situation they may be in. But I think it's a, it's a praise dance because this is like, this is, <laughs> it's kind of ludicrous that all this is even happening right now. You yeah. Know? It's like, the, it's, it's the, yeah, we're all stardust. That's, that's what, okay. And we just kind of walk around not even thinking that we're on this rock that's spinning through space <laughs> and, you know, yeah orbiting around this fireball <laughs> it's you know so it's like you know it's you have to be you have to take the blessings where they come from and it's a blessing that any of this is even happening so yeah absolutely like you kind of mentioned earlier like us sitting here talking um a million you know billion events had to happen how they did mm-hmm. um for us to be sitting here or for us to even exist yeah um, how we are right now and then sometimes we get, you know, annoyed because we got a ketchup stain on our shirt. Right. And it's kind of, <laughs> it's, just, it's just insane <laughs> to think yeah. about like that kind of stuff that um, maybe irritates us, rubs us the wrong way um, about another person maybe, or about something in our lives. Because we lose that context of like, this is just insane to begin with. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of cool. And that's another thing that can kind of, I think like, wrap your mind up when you really get dig into to that and also just the fact that that you this other person sitting there like you have this um life that's ex- as a vi- as as vivid to you as my life is to me right with all these like fears concerns worries hopes 
Um, and every single person you come across has that same thing. Right. Um, which is kind of, it's, I, I love thinking about that. Yeah, it's a fun challenge, man. It's like, yeah. uh, it's hard. <laughs> it's not easy. It's never, and I think, you know, uh, what's the, what's the phrase? Um, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. You're still going to go through the same things that you're going through. Mm -hmm. you, know, you just have a different perspective on, you know, what's happening. It's, it's obviously just the way that life is constructed. There's ups and downs and downs and ups. And it's like curveball here. And it's like, uh, you can step back from all of that and say, this is so pretty amazing that any of this is going on, you know, that, that we've developed a cognition that we can have this conversation right now, which is incredible. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing that caught my eye, so I'm flipping over to uh, runs, ruminations and rituals. Um, another thing that caught my eye was in trip, trip to target. Sure. And that kind of makes me think about that too. Um, but perhaps we're all just washing each other's feet and then rinsing off life's grime. Is that kind of, do you feel like that's kind of related to? Yeah, because I, I think every, everyone we meet is going through some type of hurt, whether it's, whether you can see it on them or it's just under the surface somewhere. Um, you know, I just, I have a feeling that, that we're here to help each other through these things as best we can and have, and then be open enough and vulnerable enough to allow people to help us, you know, when we need it. And I think that that's, that's where that line comes from because it just um, it comes after an exchange, I believe, where like, I, you know, it's a banal thing that happens. Like I just see a shopping cart that's out in the, in the parking lot left there and I put it back and it's a simple thing to help somebody out that in a way that I don't know what that's going to do for them, you know? So it's like, you may not understand exactly how you're impacting um, others or the world. Um, but you can try your best to do what you feel is the next right thing. You know? Mm -hmm. um, did you see that? Uh, it was recently a quote that was, I think it was attributed to like Danzig, maybe, <laughs> but mm -hmm. um, the shopping cart as like the ultimate judge of character. I did see that actually. It's kind of true. Yeah. It's like, because it's like, it's that individual, it's where it comes down to is like, you can have all these grand plans, but at the individual level is where, it, where it either breaks down or comes live, you know? I think that's what that was kind of trying to point out in a funny way, but I think, I think who who's like going to be the person that's like, I'm just leaving my shopping cart right here because this is going to be an inconvenience to somebody like who makes that decision? What type of person, you know, makes that decision or you can look at it another way and say, maybe they were in a rush. Maybe there was something else that happened. They got a call that they had to run. And, you know, so I, I try not to, try not to judge people as much as I can because I've known that I've been less than, <laughs> than been great throughout my life at times. So. Right. Right. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Like who knows um, that can kind of keep wrapping around each other, like judging the person that doesn't put the cart back, but then 
you got to have empathy for that person too because what happened you know who, who who really knows yeah yeah um well would you i i don't know i mentioned this but um would you be willing to read anything sure. for us today sure um I will read, well, this is kind of what we were talking about, so I'll read this one. <clears throat> okay, perfect. Um, um, outside grocery store, I flick reciprocal receipt in my trash receptacle and flash in the past eating the present. That one inch by three inch document showing my debts have been exercised for fried chicken and black cherry soda. And it is a coda as it parts my hand. The paper it was printed on, its origins, a plant with a woody stem, which could have grown to heights where limbs could have articulated at angles to and from the earth. That being, while it was alive, wasted oxygen, which was taken in by other organisms who went through their own life cycles. It was once a germ fed into ground and fed by ground. It occurs across my synapses that there would also be no receipt without Johannes Gutenberg and all of his ancestors and all of their joys and struggles. When the great arbitrator begins its shift on my life, it may and can't. Do not you feel when you were singularity and you first tasted yourself as the receipt Nice. So that is the receipt. Mm -hmm. Never thought about a receipt that much. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny. That's a, that's one moment that's like a, well, they're all kind of true stories in a way, but that's like an actual, I was at lunch at my day job and standing outside of pick and save and after having lunch and threw my receipt away and off that one just came out. So there it is. Um, do you feel like uh, in either of, do you, do you feel like there's an overall theme of something you're trying to work through when you're writing, writing these, these poems? Yeah, um, I think, I think the, the overarching theme is, is um, taking a mundane moment and extrapolating out to the holy or the divine, uh, whatever you want to call it, um, because in each in each thing in each moment, I truly feel that there is something special happening. Um, recently, I've started writing some like nonfiction um, micro memoirs, I guess you would call them. Okay, and that's really about the same thing is just like taking little bits of your day and like elevating them to, you know, stature of, wow, what can be gleaned from this? What can I, what can I learn from this moment? Um, and sometimes in the poems, I'll notice that I'll write a poem and then a few years later, a few months later, whatever, I'll return to that same moment, but with a different perspective on it. Um, so that's something interesting that happens a lot with the poems. 
And I feel like that has to be enlightening for you to yeah. do that with those little moments and like, what do I, what can I learn from this? What can I take from it? Yeah. And I, I mean, to be honest, I've always been kind of a seeker. Um, just looking for something deeper in life. Um, not exactly knowing uh, where to find it. Uh, like the Bob Dylan documentary, No Direction Home, you know, that's like kind of, you know, there's something there that you're meant to, meant to be at. You're not exactly sure how to get there or if it exists. Um, so it helps me work through, through that, that cycle of trying to understand why am I here? Is there such thing as a purpose being a human being? If there is a purpose, what is my purpose? If there is no purpose, what does that mean? And so like just kind of, you know, working through all that, that's kind of, I would say that's the central narrative to a lot of the, a lot of the work. Okay. Do you ever feel, like I hit the point where I go through all of that and then like there's a little worry about like, am I focused too much on thinking about, like, is there a purpose or, like, taking meaning from something um, and then, like, going through that cycle? And then what if at the end of everything I look back and I forgot to actually just, like, be there and live because I've been thinking too much? Yeah. And I think um, it's funny. I think, like, so I have a new um, chat book collection that I, I completed and <laughs> it's funny it's I, I promise Scouts Honor uh, I completed this like back in September and it got edited in October but it's called Making Love in End Times <laughs> which now kind of seems like oh, is that too on the nose for what's going on now right. it has to do with that but it just seems like but um, I think that I do go back and forth I think the new collection is kind of a reaction to these collections, because uh, these two collections are, though they're different with the ruins, ruminations, and rituals having longer pieces, more uh, prose poem oriented pieces in a lot of way, um, they're kind of like twin stars in a way, because a lot of poems I was writing around the same time for both of them. Um, but this new one kind of reacts against that and bucks against a lot of that. It's just kind of in the moment in a lot of ways and I think it's funny that you bring that up I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought of that myself but it it's happened <laughs> so, nice what what is the new one uh making love and enzymes making love and enzymes okay is that out yet no 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 I'm sending it out to places now so okay I'll have to look at that one too um so in, so do you have, are you married? Yes, I am. And got a, you have a kid? You have two of them actually. Two? Okay. Little Sounds boy like a, and a little girl. Little boy and a little girl? Yep. So, and what's that been like, um, kind of, you're working through and searching for meaning and um, kind of gleaning meaning out of little, uh, out of moments in life, and then you have children. Yeah. Um, how's it been kind of? do you see the world through their eyes a little bit? And does that um, kind of affect your view on meaning? You do. And uh, I think that, uh, so my son is four miles. 
and my daughter Tessa's one. And it's just really interesting to see, like, Miles will say the most unique things, and I'm like, wow, I got to write that down. It's really <laughs> I hope you don't mind if I steal that from you. <laughs> and it's like, you know, or seeing Tessa, and you get down on the ground with her, and you're crawling around with her, and seeing the world from that level just changes your perspective on things, you know, and it it changed my life completely like it just uh like i can i can say like everything means nothing to me or whatever is like a statement and it's like but at the same time it's like uh there's this quote where the person is he's talking about music but it really applies to any art form or any or life in general it's like you have to have two competing things in your mind one, that music doesn't mean anything at all. And two, that it's the most important thing in the world. And that's kind of the clash that happens with, with my kids. They, they are, without a doubt, the most important thing in my waking life that I, that I deal with. You know, and even, it's even more pronounced now with the, with the current situation because I've been off of my job and just been a full-time uh, dad for past two or three months now so it's been really interesting to to see them like all day and just get to soak in what they're thinking and what they're processing and you know miles told me a couple weeks back he's like we were getting ready for bed and he said dad i was like yeah like i think i want to be a poetry man when i grow up it's like you know that's the kind of thing that I had $10 million in the bank wouldn't add up to that because it's like, you know, money besides just being a human construct can't compete with the fact that my son thinks a lot of what I do. It's something that it's hard to describe unless you're going through it. Do you have kids? Or? Uh, no, no. It's, it's great. It's the, it's the best and the hardest thing I've ever done. I'll, tell you that it's not easy at all um it's completely worth it for transforming transforming me into a better person so yeah 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 i'm always interested to hear kind of how how that affects someone's life and how it changes it but i could imagine that you know for him to say that obviously he doesn't see it as like a hardship for you to try to do what you're doing he sees it as like this is really cool like dad yeah. seems to really love it yeah it's it's cool it's like you know it's something that you know this in the same way that i got to see my mom doing that he's just seeing me do it and it just seems like a natural thing that owns oh, i guess some people do this you know like big deal it's just you know what some people do yeah that's really cool yeah. Um, so how, and then how, how have the last, like, how's the last month been? So you, you haven't been working, you've been no, kind yeah. of full-time, full-time home. Yep. It's been, it's been, uh, you know, like everything else I think in life, you can say it's been great and it's been really bad sometimes. <laughs> like it's the truth. And I think I want to be, I want to be vulnerable enough to be able to to tell the truth about the situation because I don't think that in our society, especially, 
we talk about how hard it is to have kids and the struggles that you can go through. But the gains that come out of it, though, is equal or above what whatever pain or issues that come come with it. Uh, because I learn something from them every day. Uh, and now it's just ramped up because I'm, I'm with them. As long as they're awake, I'm with them. And it's amazing to, you know, and they're, I, I understand that in a few years, which, you know, won't be too long from now, they're not going to want to hang out with me, you know, but I'll have this time that I can go back to and say, you know, I was with them and I fed them every meal, uh, you know, cleaned up after them. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just good stuff, you know, something that, you know, I think the, the situation, as much as it, it's been a downer in a lot of ways, you know, not seeing friends and family and stuff like that, it's helped clarify a lot of things for me as far as rank of importance of things in my life. And it's, you know, family has just been even more so than it was just pushed way up there. And then creativity, like, because I'm not a, I'm not the best person I can be if I'm not being creative, if I'm not being creative, people can tell. And so it's really, um, added some definition to my life in a lot of ways that I wouldn't have expected at the beginning of it. Yeah. Did you, um, did you feel like it was a little more challenging to be creative right away? Like with the change and everything and, and like, I mean, do you feel like you have more time kind of pushed onto you for that kind well, of Well, it's, it's interesting. Um, at, the, at the very beginning, I didn't have anything to give creatively. Um, it was just like, because things were happening so quickly and, you know, um, I was adjusting to, to being there all day with my kids. Um, I was, I was more tired than going to work, you know, like yeah. the end of the day. And it's like, um, but slowly within like the last month or so, like started to, to pick up to, you know, they take a nap at the same time, both of them. So, I'll write then or I'll draw then or I'll do whatever. And, you know, I can stay up now because I'm not as tired because I'm falling into kind of a rhythm, you know, like everything else is like, you know, with art too, you know, you fall into a rhythm of, okay, I see the blank page here and that's kind of scary, but I'm used to that being scary. So let's just get past that and just fall into a rhythm with things. And I think in the past like month or so, that rhythm is kind of, shown itself to me yeah i think it's it's been a struggle i think for some people to find that rhythm yeah but like being kind of being empathetic and understanding that um so you can kind of notice that so i'm with my work we're still i'm still out um <laughs> doing stuff um but yeah you, you notice a different like tone in people uh mm. it's a little more urgent yeah but um that's good to hear um is there anything uh do you, do you have have you kind of planned um on um anything coming up as far as getting out and, and getting back into into clubs reading places or is that kind of on hold right now yeah it's all it's all up in the air right now like um 
you know, Milwaukee still has the stay, stay for at home in place right now. So um, there are no clubs open in Milwaukee. Um, a lot of people have been doing like virtual readings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly sure how I feel about that or like playing music live or whatever, going live on Facebook or Instagram. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm using this time to kind of refocus on just my daily writing practice, my daily playing music practice, and, you know, trying to draw something sometimes, something really bad. It looks like nothing like I'm trying to draw, you know? So I'm trying to just, just do that and, you know, go within more so than trying to, I feel like um, without the pressure, because there is a certain pressure to being out in the world and presenting your work. And I think without whatever that pressure is, whether I'm manufacturing that myself, I probably am. But without that, I feel like stuff is flowing more freely. I'm less judgmental about what I'm writing because we all have that that um, editor in our head who's telling us, what are you doing? This is, you don't want to show this to anybody. You don't want to. Hmm. So I'm not fighting with that, that guy as much as I, as I had been. Um, so that's been, that's been good. Um, but as soon as I'm a performer, that's kind of, it's in my blood. So as soon as, as soon as it's time, I'll be back there. So. Yeah. I can imagine like if you're used to playing out publicly, Mm -hmm. um, playing for, I know we're on a computer screen right now, but playing for a computer screen and not seeing faces out there and not seeing, that's that's gotta be weird or it's gotta, you know, change it up quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, this is more of like a actual conversation, but you know, if you're playing live, you, you can see the comments, but it's like, uh, (laughs) but I, you know, I just feel like this, it's beneficial not to do that. See, if I can, if I can make my motivation not be about getting something back from other people, you know, if I can make my motivation be purely having fun, you know, like when I was five or six or teenager or whatever, it's like, that's super, super good for me, I think. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cause that's one, that's one thing that I question a lot, you know, like I've made long diatribes on Facebook about, you know, why, why do I show anybody anything that I create? Like, am I in, in the, is the essence of showing anybody anything that I create narcissism or is it, you know, you put in your, you know, you're giving their judgments more value than your value. Like, so that's something that I've wrestled with for a long time is, you know, why, why am I doing anything with my art? Like, mm. do I need that outside um, notification that somebody else likes it or doesn't like it? What, what role does that play in me creating art and why is that playing a role in it? So. Yeah. And that can, that can kind of be like the searching for meaning and maybe there isn't mm-hmm. meaning and, it, you know, you can kind of roll up into that. But I hope, you know, 
my only hope in some of that is, you know, maybe it speaks to somebody, mm. you know, maybe this is a thing, you know, I loved and, I'm, and I made it. And if there's one person out there that it hits the right way and opens up a door for them some way, in some way, shape or form, then it's good. Then that's, then it was worth it. Yeah. And that's, that's generally what I come back to is where I, that issue is that the reason I do this is because I've been touched by so much art in my life. You yeah. know, like, I mean, like easily saved my life in a lot, a lot of ways, you know, and um, if I can be a small, tiny link on that chain of, you know, maybe potentially helping somebody or showing somebody that they can do this, it's like, that's what's exciting to me about it, I think, you know, about sharing with other people is that that potential is out there um, to reflect back what's been given to me from art in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about how your life's been saved? Yeah, so, you know, I've, I've gone through like a, what would you call it? Like a, a dark night of the soul or... Hmm. You even call it like a felt like a period of enlightenment, but I was uh, diagnosed with like bipolar disorder, and so like I was at the bottom rung of everything after having a manic thing, feeling that I was enlightened and you know had all the answers. But then you know it was crushing to realize that you know oh now there's something wrong with me. I'm, and not feeling quite human enough, you know, but what I turned to in what was like a deep, deep, dark, you know, night of the soul was art. And it, it saved me. Like it, you know, it made me see that there were other people feeling the same thing. And I found out, you know, lots of poets, Anne Sexton, uh, Robert Lowell, um, Jimi Hendrix, uh, Nina Simone, uh, so many people have had this disorder, you know, Kurt Cobain. It's just like, it saved me. It was like a life preserver that, you know, when, when I was out in the middle of the sea, it was like a mooring to say, okay, look, we've been through this before. Hold on. Look, this is, this is what can happen. This is, it's going to be ups and downs, but everybody has that. Yours is just a little bit different. It's fine. Mm-hmm. So it like literally saved me because it was, you know, a dark point in my life. Yeah. And we have, so on the, like, for what I've experienced with as far as like the recovery side, mm-hmm. um, that's like meeting, it's like going to a meeting and hearing a story from somebody or hearing mm-hmm. about someone's life and mm-hmm. hearing, yeah, like, so you're not special in going through a certain thing because that person did it too or they they experienced it as well and this is how they got out and that can be a a light to follow yeah and i've heard i've heard people say that everybody's kind of in recovery from something you know yeah um you know whether they (laughs) want to admit to it or not is the question (laughs) but you know um no i i feel that that was exactly what it was it was like not feeling alone you know it was because i didn't know anybody that had really ever gone through anything like that and um i was just spending time laying on my couch doing nothing like but then i started researching and finding all these people and 
going into their work and like it's like wow this is this is actually doable if, if I you know focus and just take what comes and at the very bottom of it be as honest as possible about it and, yeah you know so be vulnerable and be honest yeah that's that's, that's the main goal of any art that I'm doing is be vulnerable and be honest like this it, like there's no reason to try and have any pomp and circumstance about who I am or like what what I'm trying to project because I know like what art can do for people and I I know that it sounds sounds silly but like people have come up to me and said like you know watching you perform has made me feel like I might be able to do something like that and it's like well there's that one person right there like that's that's more than anybody can ever hope for in their life is to just help one person turn any corner that they may be struggling with you know it's like um that's you know a miraculous blessing basically yeah absolutely and this whole crazy thing that you that it's a miracle that we're even here yeah and that one and that one person happened to be there yeah he happened to you know it's like you can't calculate any of this stuff that's that's going on um the the best that i can do for myself is kind of hang on for the ride and like know that you know because i think a lot of people a lot of people are dealing with issues of believing that comfort and stability was always going to be a given in their life not necessarily going to be the truth for any human being you know that's just not the way that life works and i think that this pandemic that we're going through now is kind of highlighting that for a lot of people um for me i feel like i've i've worked through a lot of this internal stuff like uh with what i went through and um it hasn't been it hasn't been as hard on me as i think it has been on some people it's been hard in different ways maybe um but internally i feel good about who i am and what i represent and what i'm what what i'm trying to represent to the world you know well, i feel good about who you are too oh thanks man. i feel good about who you are yeah nice well, um, before before I let you go, I mean, is there any any uh, ending message that you have for us? Yeah, uh, you know, so you can find, I have a website, uh, which is just briancherry.com, B-R-Y-A-N, cherry, C-H-E-R-R-Y, dot uh, com. So, uh, funny story, for the band stuff, I had to change it to an A instead of an O in my first name because people were calling me Byron Cherry. They would just <laughs> transpose the letters a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, my website is with an A, but if you do backslash poetry, briancherry.com backslash poetry, you can find my books. Um, they're also at Woodland Pattern. Um, you can also find them through the presses who I am more than grateful that they would even do this. 
uh, Kelly Sexton's press, the Quell Press out of La Crosse, Wisconsin, um, and the Ruins, Ruminations, and Rituals, which is on Anarcho Welfare Press out of Madison with the great Jesse Kearns at the helm. Perfect. Well, Brian, I, I, I'll admit I did do the Byron thing first. I did, yeah, I did everybody does. I'm like, why, did, why am I saying that? Everybody does. <laughs> Brian, thank you very much for being here. I appreciate you being on the show. Um, and I wish you all the best. I look forward to getting, re getting through the rest of uh, Ruins. And yeah. I look forward to your upcoming work. Oh, thanks a lot, man. Matt, it was a pleasure to meet you. you you're, you're a sweet guy, man. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> yeah. Have a great night. You too. Take care. Yeah. Bye now. All right. That's it. See ya.